What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself Yourself a a Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk about it. We like to analyze. We like to discuss the the art of it. Um, You know, the film film art of it. Uh, You're probably not going to know how to watch... Uh, an old tv show without us so like yeah you know, stay tuned otherwise you'd probably just be lost you'd be like oh, what's going yeah, on yeah you'd be like i don't understand the motifs well that's what we're here for it's to break down all of the <laughs> no not really uh we are the world's only soprano podcast as uh our dedicated listeners already know um and yeah today our guest is fucking no one bitch because we decided, you know what? It's the first one of season three, mm-hmm. and we're gonna we're just gonna go solo dolo on this. They one. They need to have our takes, uh, you know, unalloyed, just like straight from the tap. Yeah, yeah, pure filter- unadulterated filter- takes, That's dude. Because right. we got Sopranos takes for days. You know, uh, dedicated listeners of the show, uh, you know, will will tell you that like if you want to get some like fucking hot takes about the Sopranos. You gotta listen to Pot Yourself a Gun. Also, there you have no other choice because it's the only Sopranos podcast that exists. That's right. Matt, what episode are we talking about today? Oh, today we got a great, great episode. Um, it is from season three, episode one. We're talking Mr. Ruggiero's neighborhood today. And uh, I'm very excited about it. And I will read the brief synopsis. But it would not be an episode of Pod Yourself a Gun without the theme song. Play it, bitch. Pod Yourself a Gun. Your mama always said you'd be there. Chosen. Pod. Pod. Podcast. Pod. Pod. 
Pod. Podcast. Season three. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, now that we've set the tone, the theme mm-hmm. song always, you know, it does a great job of setting the tone for our show. Uh, and another thing that sets the tone is knowing the historical context of, of like what was going on uh, at the time that this episode came out. What were the stories uh, mm-hmm. in the world? What were people doing? Uh, and so, yeah. you know, we call that uh, the remember when machine. What? What? Remember when is the lowest form of conversation. Boom, dude. We got, oh, we just got stings for days. We got audio editing for days. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, I am guaranteeing you that you are already impressed. Production. I guarantee values. that for you. Yeah. Uh, so this episode of The Sopranos premiered. March 4th, uh, 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we're still pre 9-11. Still, you know, we're kind of uh, uh, we're kind of in the 90s still. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's 2001, but really the 90s ended on September 10th, 2001. That was the last day of the 90s. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. So I was uh, I was looking looking up headlines for March 4th, 2001. <laughs> And it sure. uh, turns out there was a New York Post profile of Jamie Lynn Sigler, Ooh. a.k.a. Meadow Soprano, yeah. uh, to coincide with the third season three premiere. So I just thought I'd read a little bit of that for you. Please. Uh, style and substance, Jamie Lynn Sigler. Jamie Lynn Sigler is the mob princess daughter Meadow Soprano on The Sopranos, and her teenage character will soon explore her sexuality on the show, which kicks off its third season tonight on HBO. She is growing up and developing, says Sigler. She's in college. She's got boyfriends, finally. You see a whole different side of her, says Sigler, 19, a former NYU psychology student who's temporarily put her studies on hold. It's not so much her interaction with the family side, but a lot more with friends. Uh, Although Sigler recently revealed that she fought a three-year bout with anorexia, the actress says she's had a blast this year shooting scenes with the new souped-up mafioso scripts. And that's not all she's been up to. The Long Island native and Manhattan resident has replaced Deborah Gibson and is co-starring with Eartha Kitt in the title role of the national tour of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. The stage fantasy comes to Madison Square Garden in the beginning of May. Wow. is also recording a pop album. Singing, she claims, is her true calling. Is it? Yeah. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) That's why we remember her as such a pop star. Um, When I was five years old, my brother had a movie-themed bar mitzvah, and I belted out The Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston, the half-Cuban, half-Greek Jewish starlet says. Damn, she's all over the place. So I don't know if that's like Greek-Jewish or like we're not even... Or Cuban-Jewish. Who knows? Well, whatever. Uh, It's just there's no comma between Greek and Jewish, so I don't know if that's, you know, if, if... if, if there's a, maybe maybe there's supposed to be a hyphen is Greek Jewish a thing I don't know sure there's all sorts of Jews dude sure. come on there's Jews from everywhere you know <laughs> name a place they got a Jew sure uh, the video is name so a funny. place Vince oh uh, Trinidad yeah they got they got <laughs> Trinidad Hyam he's their guy he's their one Jew <laughs> right across the way is Tobago Hyam <laughs> that's his half brother (laughs) yeah yeah that's just a short canoe ride away Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um the video is so funny i'm throwing my head back and closing my eyes and instead of achieve i sing a cheese 
So, Wait, uh, hold on. I missed the setup to that. What that is was the, the Whitney what? Houston song, The Greatest Love of oh, All. So, yes, 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 yes. So this is something that she's recalling from her brother's bar mitzvah. Yeah. So at this time, you know, the stars of The Sopranos, they're, they're becoming uh, main like household names just about. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I remember Jamie Lynn Sigler. Um, her non-Sopranos claim to fame was being a singing belly button in a commercial <laughs> for something. Wow. And I remember... Yeah, there was like a commercial. I so forget she what was it was the for. Voice or the belly button? Nah, she was she was the voice. Who um, was the belly button I, though? I don't know. Someone like probably like a belly button model. You know, the, cool. yeah. I'm sure that exists. I could do that. I have um, a good belly button. You do. You actually have a really good one. It's almost an Audi, which is weird because you're any not Audi, a baby. Like you can see the bottom of it. You know. Yeah, it's I don't not like, like that. One of those gross Audis. I like it when it's a girl. I like when girls have a little bit where you can see it. It's like even their belly button is lean. That's hot. <laughs> sure. But I have one of those like really deep belly buttons yeah. that you could put a, like your entire finger in. A man could get lost in your belly button. You get lost in there, dude. It's yeah. weird because it's like I I don't like I've never tempted fate because I want to see like how far does this go? Yeah. And, yeah. and one time I got to like the first knuckle and I was like, that's enough. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to know how far it goes. I don't want to know, dude. Um, so other headlines of the day, March 4th, 2001. Uh, Viagra's growing recreational use prompts health warning. Uh, that's from the Miami Herald. Uh-huh. Uh, housing boom rolls on from the Arizona Republic. Can we stop a second? Um, sure. Gr- sure. Growing r- recreational use? Um, yeah. I, now, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but... Isn't Viagra specifically for recreation? No, no, it treats a medical condition. Like if right, you, but the if medical you don't condition have an is... erection. You take a right. Viagra and you can get one. But if you already have an erection oh. and you just want like a super hard one that you can like oh. chop a tree down with, then you take it. That's recreational usage. Yeah, see, I don't understand that totally because it's like, I mean, I guess if you're if you're not getting fully hard, I understand taking it. And you know, sometimes I don't get fully hard. Sometimes you know, mm-hmm. it's 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 very soft. Mm. But when it, you know, when it's hard, it's Find hard it, like a rock, out a like lot granite. About you today. Yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm going too deep, too early. Deep into that belly button. in your belly button now. Uh, <laughs> other headlines: Fighting outside Kosovo raises fears in Balkans. L.A. Times. Mm. Um, other things that happened: The IRA. Detonated a bomb oh. in front of the BBC Television Center in London, injuring eleven oh. people. Hell, I'm, well, wait, they injured eleven people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's. I mean, you know, I'm not for anyone getting injured, but it's yeah. nice to know that like the IRA was still just kind of just around, just yeah. like, just like you guys want to bomb something? Yeah. Oh yeah, let's do it. Let's set off another bomb oh. just for old. I saw that shape. Harrison Ford movie and it got me all got me all hot in the collar, and I thought we should we should do another bombing. I heard they're trying to make a movie called Gangs of New York later, <laughs> a few years from now. Anyways, let's bomb something. Uh, I can't think Leonardo of anything DiCaprio. Irish before. <laughs> DiCaprio's a goddamn wop, and he damn well knows it. Uh, anyways, so uh, that's good to know. Yeah, IRA, yeah. huh? The top movies uh, were The Mexican, number one movie with uh, Julia mm-hmm. Roberts and Brad Pitt. I thought that was better than people gave it credit for. I liked The Mexican. Also, I mean... the. The most famous thing about it is that there was uh, that it starred Brad Pitt because yeah, well, it had, you know, he's not Mexican. It had in it who James Gandolfini. No way! Yeah, I need to rewatch that movie. I know, I know. Um, number two movie was Hannibal, old favorite of yours, Ray Liotta's brain. You get to 
He hangs brain. Yeah, dude. That one. He hangs uh, brain. <laughs> uh, and then C Spot Run, which I had to look up, and it's actually a, it's a David Arquette cop movie where he has a dog yes. for a partner. Yeah, yeah, I remember this one. Yeah, I remember thinking to myself like, ah, damn, you flew too close to the sun, Arquette. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, yeah. he. Yeah, because he had like a career going because, you know, people were just like, he's so good and scream. Uh-huh. Let's just keep trying him. Yeah. And they just tried it and tried it. And this was just like this was towards the end when they were like, uh, maybe kids movies. Yeah. No. He had that brief Knoxville, Knoxville, Dane Cook period. You know, he did. He did. But hey, you know what? Hey, fucking, you know, he came from nothing. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> the Arquette family famously <laughs> came from nothing. Yeah. And uh, uh, now he's here. Here's the synopsis for that one. A mailman takes care of a dog that, unbeknownst to him, is an FBI drug-sniffing super dog that has escaped mm. from the witness protection program after becoming the target of an assassination. I'm sorry. The the dog yeah, yeah. is in witness protection? That's right. Yeah. He, had to, he had to take a new name. Is is that is that actually the, the, the dog? They're yeah. afraid the dog's going to snitch? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it is a snitch dog. That's kind of what those dogs yeah. are. They just sniff around and they're it's a drug uh, snitching canine. A, a drug, a drug snitching dog. Uh-huh. Damn. Um, uh, yeah. Top songs uh, were are is "Stutter" by Joe featuring Mystical. Mm, mm. Um, top alternative song was uh, "Drive" by Incubus, which uh, oh yeah, I feel like molested me as a child because I just could not. Es- I feel like everybody I knew was into Incubus, and and I had to listen to it in everyone's car. Uh, that yeah, I grew up I, with for like I had a I two had years a phase. straight, and I really can't stand Incubus now. Yeah, no, I saw them live at uh, the Forum in L.A. and um, and yeah, it was like you know, it was just a it was a mind bending experience, dude, because it's just like when the, when those grooves play, you know, <laughs> when the DJ fucking just starts fucking playing those grooves uh-huh uh-huh you can't help but feel free you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah. yeah yeah the sky looks like a backlit canopy with holes punched in it absolutely yeah i don't i don't trust him because he's too good looking and uh yeah i don't i don't trust any good looking musicians i think musicians should be ugly the way i God totally intended. agree and uh mm-hmm. if they're not it's a problem yeah i mean he definitely he came from uh the the stock of rock and roll uh, superstars that were still um, back when they were still f- like open fuckboys. Yeah. Like like when it was clear that this guy was like the Perry Farrell type body mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, the guy's like, I fuck. And you're just like, I know. Yeah. He's and the, you're cool with it. He's kind of like the proto Adam Levine, I would say. Yeah. But like Adam Levine, definitely. Um, he's a more classic type of um he's not a sad boy but he's like a fuck boy who like really he had to be sold into fuck boydom uh-huh. like like first he had to be maroon five right you know and like those fuck boys were just trying to like sing to you to make you want to fuck whereas like he just is now like shirt off like yeah. Yeah, you know. Now he's a more he's, he's thirst. He's openly thirst trapping now. Yes, he's openly thirst trapping. That's correct. Yeah. All right. Well, so that was what well. Was that's going what on was going on in March fourth, two thousand one, which brings us to uh, the season one. Uh, opener. Season three. The season one. The se- sorry, season three, episode one, the debut. So this was originally a two parter when it aired. Really? So, yeah, and I think it. What shows do you mean? There, when yeah. it aired. 
Yeah, the the first like two, two episodes aired two back thirty to back. minute episodes. Yeah. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. So there was yeah there was two episodes that aired on the same night. So the brief synopsis of this: um, uh, Agent Harris and his team conduct an elaborate new plan oh concoct an elaborate new plan to wiretap the soprano home now that pussy is singing with the fishes instead of for the feds that is the description that we got direct off of hbo max hey i heard your mom's big pussy was singing for the fishes (laughs) (laughs) fuck you dude um Sorry. No, no, one, it's fine. When your mom joking there. No, you gotta get you gotta talk about fucking my mom. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it takes a big sip of wine. Um, yeah. So uh, first of all, I just want to say I thought that was a pretty strange synopsis. Uh, mostly in that they shoehorned um, the word singing into "sleeps with the fish- yeah. fishes," uh, just so that they could kind of do a play on words and make it instead of for the feds. And I'm just like, you know. You don't have to do that. I mean, that's not your that's not your job. Maybe you know? I, maybe the person who wrote that had a hand in this episode because uh yes. this episode is extremely cute uh and everything is yep. extremely on the nose in this episode. Yeah, it starting, is it is very on the nose. Starting with the musical choices mm-hmm. which are uh yeah, there were I mean there's the main theme song which it gets into right away. The FBI is talking about bugging the house and you know they're talking about different ways they're going to stick it to Tony uh mm-hmm. and then they they decide to bug his house and that leads into a mashup song of uh Henry Mancini dun 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 the Peter Gunn theme. Uh, Don't know an, Peter uh, Gunn. Peter Maybe. Gunn was an American private eye television series. Yeah, that's what I figured. Craig Stevens as Peter Gunn with Ola Albright. It aired from 1958 to 1960. Uh, Damn, two yeah. seasons and the theme song is more famous than the show. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so a, funny because it's, it's like an theme. opposite. It's an opposite Sopranos problem. Yeah. You know, where it's like uh, if, if the if Sopranos wasn't as good as it as it was then we would have never heard of the alabama three yeah um and the theme song would have been a crime against humanity it just oh god yeah no deprive i mean there's a there's an alternate universe out there where um people don't know what the alabama three are and i don't want to never got famous i don't want oh fuck dude i don't want to live in that world fuck that so that's mashed up with uh the police's i'll be watching you it's, I think it's called Every Breath You Take. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Um, and uh, yeah, we get it. It's a song about like someone watching you and and the the shows about surveillance. Uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah, get no, it. No, I I I, I kind of feel like this episode, um, it, like an alternate title would be called um, The Sopranos or The FBI Watches The Sopranos, mm-hmm. uh, because that's kind of what this uh entire episode it, that's like the theme of this episode is like what if the fbi were watching the show sopranos because the show sopranos is about the mafia but also about how they just are normal people most of the time and it's like yeah no that's cool it's a whole meta episode it, it, it feels a little bit 
like they came up with the mashup first. Yeah, yeah. And then they were like, we gotta make an episode about this. I mean, the uh, entire thing is like all of the musical choices are like painfully, painfully on the nose. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually shocked that this came out before Ocean's Eleven because I was convinced that the whole theme song was some extremely Soderbergh ass shit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, people doing stuff to to cutesy music, and yeah, uh, yeah I'm gonna play a little bit of that just so you can get a feel for it. This does not look good, Mrs. Bing, bearing north on Grandview Avenue. Turned on the Boxwood Road. She's heading toward the factory. It's just like a terrible sax <sighs> orgy. Uh, it's a really bad mashup. I don't know. I know you said in the episode notes uh, that you liked this mashup, and I would just like you to defend your 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 choice. Okay, I I enjoy the mashup, but keeping in mind that I am someone who really enjoys when people experiment with shitty audio. Like, the theme song to this podcast alone should indicate (laughs) my love for this mashup. Yeah. Where it's just like, dude, those things mash together so good. Like, hell yeah. Like, I remember first time I watched that, I was like, oh, dude, it's like the same song. And like the episode that inspired Girl Talk. Or whatever the match. Definitely, guy. definitely. Yeah. It was like, yeah, the Girl Talk probably saw this and was like, I wonder if if there are other songs that work together as one song together. Like it, for sure that like, this is a, it's just a, it's just a a, a mashup it, for the it, ages. It, it feels like they couldn't figure out which song was more on the nose uh, for a sequence about the FBI surveilling yeah. Tony Soprano, and they're like, ah, what if what if we just uh, stuck them both together? Oh yeah, no, for sure that they they decided like to th- this does feel like a throw everything at the wall and see what sticks type of episode because uh-huh. uh, it, it, it is just kind of all over the place. Um, I mean, but other so other music in this episode, there's mm-hmm. that uh, you know there's there's Tony singing along to Dirty Work just after he's picked up a paper. And oh. read uh, the headline about how uh, there's a mob war in the mm-hmm. uh, garbage space. The what? What is it? The waste management? Yeah. Anyway, he's singing to dirty work, and that's it's a great uh, example of Tony's acting. I really like when actors have to sing and perform in character because, yeah, like you know that Gandolfini is a is an actor so like he's probably done a ton of musical theater by this point oh in for real sure life, he probably can sing like an angel i i don't yeah. think i don't know that i've ever heard it but i would be shocked like, any actor that far in their career that couldn't sing i would be kind of shocked by yeah guaranteed and, that he can sing and probably tap dance <laughs> yeah and so uh you know he's singing in character we have a clip of that and i really mm-hmm. enjoyed uh that tony's singing in character Two, you got bottom thing headed your way. Excuse me. Unit three, Mrs. Bing, also in motion. I'm a fool to do your dirty work. Go, yeah. I don't want to do your dirty work no more. Can I just say why, uh, like, I think that that little sequence is fantastic? Um, 
just just for me, what this episode is uh, mainly about is, I don't know, I kind of feel like this episode, um, it, it's like a meta episode where the FBI kind of represents dumb guys who watch The Sopranos and don't know it's a comedy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the FBI are the people who watch The Sopranos who have, like, a Scarface poster in their room mm-hmm. who they're just like, oh, dude, it's so cool. It's so much mafia stuff, dude. First it's he's going to cr- get the money, and then he's going to get the power. Yeah, and then you get the women. And it's just like, like, f- and then, so that's like the FBI where they're like, you know, uh, the uh, Bing is 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 en route right now. They're all very serious, and he's just <laughs> in his car singing "Dirty Work." It's just, yeah. to me that is that's kind of the the theme of the episode throughout. It's yeah. just like the FBI being hella serious um, about you know uh, about stopping OC, you know, organized crime, mm-hmm. and and then seeing uh, that most of what's happening is just these hilarious, uh, like the little minutia Suburban of being in a family white dude problems. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's what the show is. That's what makes the show good. It's not good because the mafia is cool. It's good <laughs> right. because the mafia is kind of lame and suburban. <laughs> yeah. And that that's to me, that's why I enjoyed that part uh, in particular, and also, I, I definitely agree that that in an episode of extremely on the nose musical choices, that one was by far the best, the one that works the best because you know it's a musical choice that's on the nose, but it's also it's also gives you a peek into Tony's character, and it's just a brief little snippet that makes you chuckle a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it works it's, a, it's, a lot better than the mashup uh, to me, which was very annoying. And then and then they finish off the episode. Uh, with Elvis Costello, which uh, great song, yeah, but also high fidelity. We get it, high fidelity. Yeah, yeah, you know they're listening. I, yeah, I know because they're recording. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I get it. It's uh, it's on the nose. Um, <laughs> before before we go further, um, uh-huh. I I I think I would be a fool not to uh, list all of uh the Bada B stories Your in this. Food the- to do our dirty work. Oh no. <laughs> I don't want to suck my daddy's dick no more. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> sure. Oh, my God. We're never going to get Welcome a fucking sponsor. Welcome to Pod Yourself a Cum. <laughs> oh, this, uh, this episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Promotion code. I don't want to suck my daddy's dick no more. <laughs> oh, God. Get 30% off of books. <laughs> Um, okay, it's, it's it's the season three premiere, and here are the Bada B stories. <clears throat> the FBI is bugging. Pat Parisi is chugging. Tony is thugging. Meadow's roommate needs a hugging. Adriana's got nice juggins. AJ is shrugging. And Water Heater is fugging up. Not my best those, work. Uh, did you know those rhymed when you wrote them down? Or that no, was, I didn't. That, that was just a, cool... a coincidence. Oh, and man, all that's... of them, I would say that like, I don't know, like five out of eight of those are, uh, you know, correct. We call, uh, the, tongue... we call that kismet. Oh, is that what we call it? Yeah, yeah, serendipity. Hmm. But uh, yeah, so those are those are kind of all the Bada B stories. Um, AJ is shrugging, really, uh, really a stretch there because uh, he's not really. Um, if I could give my general thoughts on this episode, please. I, I feel that um, 
a lot of the adult storylines in this are kind of uh, like the main mafia storyline feels um, it's uh, it's utilitarian, we'll call it. But sure. I, really, okay. I really like they're having fun with the kids storyline. And yeah. I appreciate that. Like AJ and all his dumb friends. And they're like standing around talking about how the cafeteria line would go faster if everybody was on boards. And uh, it is and it he, is so strange to me how good the <laughs> writers of The Sopranos are at writing middle school white boys. Yeah. Like it is so on point that it's freaky. Yeah. Like I, maybe every writer in the writer's room had a middle school aged boy who skated. <laughs> and th- so they all were very familiar with this lifestyle. But I was it, it's so impressive I because also- that conversation about. Um, man, I can't believe they don't let us bring our boards to school is a conversation I have had <laughs> many times before while I was in middle school. It was like this thing where there, were, there was a time in the 90s, right, where um, there was a very popular like bumper sticker that I was out. It was called it just said skateboarding is not a crime. And it, what it did was it instilled in us this feeling that. In skateboarding, uh, we were committing a crime. Yeah, and you and, were rebels. You were dangerous. And we were rebels, and we were fighting against a system that had made skating illegal. Yeah. Um, important to point out, skateboarding, not illegal. Probably never been illegal. Uh, and But for some reason, it was just, I think it was because like you weren't allowed to skateboard in the mall. Yeah, well, all the cool steps and rails had some security guard out there whose job it was uh, to shoo kids to- away. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, was, there was there was police out that that uh, specifically um, targeted kids who were being too rad. Yeah, and also I would just like to step back, like pull back uh, on this um, and zoom out because I think pop culture on the whole between I would say ninety eight to uh, right up to nine eleven was yeah. like collectively like a middle schooler. You know, this was like the, yes. The heyday of like your corns and your Papa Roaches, mm-hmm. your your mm-hmm. crazy towns, uh, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> I can't imagine listening to any of that music if you're not in middle school. It seems very I strange. know, like like the idea that there was adults making it and adults signing it, thinking like, oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, like full grown man, full grown man, full grown men were doing that, and that was their job. They were at work. Yeah. I feel you know? like we all had to grow up, you know, when 9-11 happened. And it's sad. I feel like we lost our innocence. Like, we lost the innocence of rebelling against, uh, you know, some days you just don't want to wake up. Everything sucks. Uh, yeah, totally. You know, your mom <laughs> wants to make you do the dishes. And the lunch later says you can't ride your skateboard in the cafeteria line. And I yeah, miss those no longer. No longer is, you know, all I wanted was a Pepsi, mom. You know, now it's, you know, all I wanted was America, mom. Like, yeah. everything became tinged in patriotism after 9-11. So, like, the music kind of, like, it's just, you know. And part of me is, like, th- that culture is just a better culture because, like, it was a – they took what I would say is, uh, like, an amount of anger that we currently still have – but rather than focusing it on our our fellow man, you know, and and like partisan politics, it focused it on just kind of 
this just nebulous, the every, like, fucking... You know, the everyday degradations of the common man. Like, instead yeah. Of, instead of te- teaching us to hate each other, it was like, it was unifying. It's like, man, don't you just hate it when you be walking through your living room and all of a sudden you stub your toe? What the fuck? Yeah. Go! <laughs> so who fight? Something up the stop the toe. Who fight? Something they fight. Yeah, that shit ruled. Yeah. No. Like, really... Every corn album was about a guy who stubbed his toe. <laughs> I mean, that's that's all. That's all it was. Yeah, and it was great. Anyways, uh, um, we miss it. But so, and then the other kid storyline is obviously Meadow, yeah. and you know, talking about the writers really getting into the mind of a middle school boy. I I think they also do an incredible job of uh, of profiling what like someone who moved to new york uh for college is yeah. like and they're and, you know yes. and they have because I, I, i've lived in new york and everybody i think you know when you move there your first two months that like all you're going to be talking about is how how it's like the center of culture and like the greatest city yeah. in the world and like yeah oh everyone should live in new york just yeah. once if they have the means to and yeah um, <laughs> and meadow's crazy roommate is a fantastic character uh, yeah. going forward. And I, I'm just going to play you her intro because this is like at 20 years later, like this is one of the characters that I remember the most weirdly. Like, yeah. As same. far as, as far as single serving characters go, like she's pretty great. So mm-hmm. here's, here's the, the, our first introduction. Uh, did, do we get her name? Caitlin. Caitlin. That's right. Okay. I actually didn't notice the background audio there where like someone's randomly talking about a jello shot and it's like a foreshadowing to the next scene. Oh, I missed that. Where they did where she has all the again, like pitch perfect. Like the, the, the middle school stoners are talking about skateboards and then the college girl has all of the absolute uh, posters yes. from the different cities. Uh, yeah, she's she's wall. literally collecting corporate art on her wall. <laughs> it's great to celebrate her love of drinking, which is <laughs> wow, chef's wow. Kiss. Mm-hmm. Ball to the goal line. Y'all should have come. Where'd you go? Well, we started off at Smokes as usual, but we wound up at this place. Ruby Foo's around um, Broadway and 65th or something. It was so fun. God, did I get hammered. Don't you have a quiz today? Frost week technically ended at midnight. What did I expect? I'll study now. Did you have a frosh week? What's frosh week? Um, I imagine frosh week is just like... The, a bunch of events thrown by the university to um, welcome the new class of mm. uh, of freshmen and get them kind of like into school activities and shit like that. I I, I think I think we had something like that. We never use the word frosh uh-huh. because I went to UC Santa Cruz and I think frosh was probably. I don't know. It was probably considered a racial slur or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, we, we, I think it was just like a, a freshman, uh, it was a freshman week or something like that. Yeah. It was just like a week of like random, like school sponsored dances and yeah, shit. Yeah, this, this, this smacks of a private school. 
Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely remember when we would, we had a friend up in uh, Pomona Pitzer, one of those, those colleges. Mm-hmm. And I remember they had like school sponsored keggers. Cause like private schools were all about like fostering, uh, actual school spirit and like getting people together. Whereas I feel like public schools were like, all right, guys, uh, don't hang out. Please, please don't hang out. Just, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> just go to school and, uh, and then don't do stuff together. Yeah. It's just cops coming in to, uh, to break up every, every class. Cause, uh, they think a protest is about to happen. Yeah. yeah no, like public, public colleges and private colleges, um, I mean, not only are, you know, different types of administrators, but also um, uh, a different breed of student, too, because I felt like I agree that like these uh, they they did a great job of like showing these kinds of like university students. But I had such a specific college experience that, um, yeah, I I, I, there's there's definitely you you can really feel the privilege in (laughs) all of the college kids uh, that you see in um, future episodes of The Sopranos. So it's like to me that that's where it's like a little bit different because there was I mean, um, there was definitely privileged kids uh, at UC Santa Cruz. But it was, you know, at the time I went, it was no one's first choice. (laughs) Yeah, it was just it was like one of those years where. If you applied to UC Santa Cruz, you got in. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah. I know. I have a bio lab. I haven't read any of the chapters. Oh. Still miss New Jersey. It's only like half an hour away. It's just this transition. It's a lot of work. I mean, I just think New York is an experience that unalterably changes a person. It is really great. Melvis freedom of college. They do just such a good job of making her like the nightmare roommate, but also yeah. like, not, and it's perfect, but it's also not too on the nose. She's not, you know, she's not like single white female or something. She's just like a little, she's very unique, but she's also yeah. every college freshman. And 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 like in the the following scene uh, back at the college at Columbia um, with the roommate, she she has an arc because her story then goes that you see her like, you know, happy and drinking and Uh like fucking excited. And then next you see her alone and in the room and traumatized. From living in New York, <laughs> yeah. and I thought that to me, I was like, "That's that's amazing." It really, like showing it because it is traumatic for anyone yes. uh, who has never lived in a city, let alone a big enough city that like w- would to inoculate you from like just the dregs and disgustingness of New York. Yeah. Like you're gonna be traumatized by I, it. I mean, that's the entire arc of living in New York, like in one <laughs> one day, where it's like you yes. go from being like, "Oh my God, this is the most amazing city you can do." anything here everything is possible and then it's like uh i saw a guy getting killed uh on my way to the subway uh that was like one of the first things i noticed about living in new york was that you know you're just in such proximity to people that you would witness at least one relationship changing uh fight Mm. um like in just in the course of going about your day like you couldn't like you couldn't not witness Two or three relationship changing fights in the you, course of a day. 
you saw some breakups happen. You yeah. know, a week a week in New York and you're going to see at least two ruined marriages. Breakups, people that aren't friends anymore, you know, mm-hmm. uh all this all the stuff, like someone disowning someone. It's all public. <laughs> you're watching it all and uh and it's also someone someone fat shaming their round son. <laughs> you're yeah. going to see like a, you go through the whole art where you're like, "Oh, this is amazing. Everything's connected. I can get like I can get to all these spots that I've heard about uh you know from pop culture all my life i can get there like just on a short subway ride and then you know a month later you're like oh my god it it takes me fucking uh seven hours to go to the grocery store uh yeah 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 (laughs) prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the lifemd platform and are only available if prescribed subscription required individual results may vary additional restrictions apply at lifemd.com read all warnings before using glp1s side effects may include a risk of thyroid c-cell tumors do not use glp1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer if you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. No, I mean, New York is hell, um, but it is also uh, it's also a city I've never actually lived in. So for me, New York, every time I visit, I'm just like, it's just beautiful here. Yeah. And like, I know. But if I you also go there love- for like a week. You're like, this is the most incredible place. Why? Why wouldn't yeah. everyone live here? Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I also like being surrounded by trash. So <laughs> that's I I feel like I have the right temperament for it. Also, growing up in L.A., even though it's like not even close to uh, the like close quarters nature of living, um, you know, in New York. Uh, but growing up in L.A., you know, it's like, oh, I've seen a lot of crazy shit. Like, yeah. it's like it's a, I'm, I'm at least low key inoculated from it. But yeah, the, Ka- the Caitlin character uh, is one of kind of the most memorable characters uh in terms of like periphery characters of the sopranos uh and it's strange because i don't think she makes more than two appearances yeah uh in the entire series um in fact i don't even know if she's 
Oh yeah, no. I she definitely you see her one more at least one more time. Oh, there's but, a whole arc where she kind of goes down the crazy crazy rabbit hole. Yeah, is, yeah, uh, but we'll yeah. we'll get to that in future episodes. Yeah. She's a, just a great comment on urban living, really. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um so that's the kids. Now, in terms of what's going on, you know, with the rest of the adults uh, in this episode, there's a few different storylines uh, that are going on. Um, really just one. And then the rest. I is guess like, there's just one. I, I mean, mean, basically, I, I, Patty, Pat, like it's the FBI and Pat Parisi. And that those are the yeah. only two real stories. The other ones are just uh, there's like, yeah, I love the maybe lesbian tennis coach, though. That was. Yes. Can we talk about the yeah, tennis so coach? As soon as she bit? shows up like uh, the FBI are surveilling the tennis class which was a great excuse to go extreme male gaze with the uh with the cinematography because you know, yeah again <laughs> you know the theme of this episode is like dumb guys watching the sopranos and like for sure if you're a dumb guy watching the sopranos one of the things you'll mention about why you like the show is like oh i love there's like titties on it yeah are there really, so many titties they go to the strip club and then there's titties and it's like that's so that's kind of what they're doing uh, I would but like they're to see, objectifying aid i would like to read an oral history on uh how they did the nipples uh in this episode because they introduce uh, yeah. introduced the uh the new tennis teacher burgett mm-hmm. um so who's uh the actress who played burgett apparently her her dad was the editor of us weekly so that's a little bit of cool a little bit of trivia for you um yeah yeah, so so she shows up. She's a tennis coach. She's very, uh, very conspicuously not wearing a bra when we first yep. see her. Which, oh yeah, uh, interesting choice for a tennis coach. Let's just say. Yeah, I mean, but she had she. she I mean, you know, I'm, and I'm not trying to be like you know whatever, but like she had little titties. <laughs> I, and and uh, so to me, it's like you know, it's probably not very comfortable wearing a bra. When you when you've like it's the freedom. I don't know. I liked it. Uh, Sure. I think what that 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 very clearly communicated like sex is going to be this character's thing. Like it was like you just you saw her and in one second you're like, okay, this character is going to be sexualized in a way and uh, sex is going to play a part in this storyline for sure. Yeah. And I I found myself getting mad at her because like the storyline is basically Carmela, you know, uh, her normal tennis coach uh, has to quit and take a job. Who apparently um, was some sort of, you know, uh, like eye candy for Carm and Aid, which was funny when you looked at the guy because he kind of just looked like any like Jersey meathead. Yeah, dude. he's just not he's just not Tony. So Carmela's <laughs> horny for him. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he has to he you know, he leaves, uh, but leaves them um, Adriana and Carmela in the care of this new tennis teacher and um and she spends the whole time just kind of hitting on Adriana I think yeah. and I doing think she like wants, a doing like yeah. a wicked stepsister thing with Carmela too yeah being kind of mean to Carmen and like me personally I was just like first of all um she's dating Chris so back off uh, yeah. and second of all like Carmela you know Carmela is actually doing okay. You should really give her some positive reinforcement. I don't know. I felt very protective of Carmela, you know, when, when, what is her name? Brigitte? Brigitte, yeah. When Brigitte is like, just kind of like, 
I don't know, chastising her, but then saying how great Adriana's doing. And I was just yeah. like, ugh. You're, she's being she's very so obvious thirsty. in her crush, you know? It's very silly. Yeah. It's too um, obvious. The character's name is uh, is Birgit Olaf's daughter. So clearly they're trying to make her uh, Icelandic. Icelandic. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's very, uh, very on the nose with her crush. Like she's very, she was treating Aid, treating Aid good and, and Carmela bad. Which... The, oh, that is so much detail for uh, for this character who does not make an appearance, I think, ever again in the show. They gave her a first and last name and decided ah, she'll be Icelandic. Like that is. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. What's her last name? Uh, Olaf's daughter. Hmm. I wonder what the name of her father is in real life. Because uh, you said she, he was the editor of uh, her, you say, us? Her, her father's name is Charles. All right, well that fucks up my theory. Sorry, Vince. sorry, sorry, man. Fuck you, dude. But yeah. I, I had something going there that I, I feel like a few people who are listening were like, "Ooh, that would have been cool." Um, anyways, um, so yeah, yeah, it did. It I, did I feel like I also mm-hmm. enjoyed that they they really amped up the trash on uh, on on Adriana this episode. Where they're mm. just like, oh yeah, she's chomping her gum. She's showing up to tennis practice with a cigarette in her mouth, and then, mm-hmm. and then the next time you see her, like she has really hard nipples <laughs> for some reason. She got super hard nipples, and then she also has uh like uh like leopard print yep. underwear. Yeah, and it just mm, like goddamn, you know, just like I mean, I gotta be honest. Like when I talk about dumb guys who watch Sopranos to get horny, like I'm not, I'm not above that. You know, I'm not like we're all equal on this podcast. Um, So when I make fun of people who are dumb and watch Sopranos, what unites us is that we love the Sopranos. But also I'm one of those dumb guys a little bit. Uh, Part of it, it makes me wish that I grew up in Jersey where that I Mm. like in a place where I would experience more Adriana's because I don't don't know that we had like super hot white trash uh, where I grew up. So. Yeah, no, or at I mean, least not in this way. I mean, definitely we had hot white trash, but not not in like the Jersey Guidoy way, which is a very specific sort of thing. Yeah, I I do feel like if that if I had grown up in that specific situation, I don't feel like I feel like I would have done just as well with women as I did when I you know was in high school in Los Angeles. Like I I I just uh, which is badly. I just don't think. Which is badly. Yeah. I don't think. I don't. I don't think that uh, Guido's. I don't um, think what I got would have played very well either. I mean, I mean, I mean, not your personality, no. no. But I think Especially you're not you, in high school. Yeah, I can't. I. You know what? I. I would love to know what a Vince Mancini was like in high school. I mean, I imagine you were a little bit. Were you more of a meathead or less of a meathead? Um. I would say, like, both more and less somehow. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm, like, I definitely had the uh, intellectual, like, I'm above this uh, attitude. Sure. Of, but also, yeah. yes, but I also was a jock also. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. A little, yeah. A little of both. I think you would have done well. I think you would have done well in that environment. Um, whereas yeah. I think... I think I would have been bullied more, to be honest. I think that was the one thing that my my life in high school was missing was 
um, by the time I reached high school, I stopped having like white boy bullies. Uh huh. Like like that there there was no more there was assholes, but they weren't bullies. And I feel right. like if I if I went to fucking uh if i lived in new jersey and grew up there i definitely would have had some white boy bullies sure like like people who would be like hey, check out this fucking queer jew and i'd be <laughs> like why are you call me gay anyways i think um, i think the thing that you miss about my uh youth experience is that as an adult i have all these outlets for like my creative side and and the dumb jokes that i like to make sure whereas you know as a as a high schooler where I didn't have like a job in the arts and, and, yes. and, and a place to like get rid of all my dumb jokes that I like to make. It was probably mm-hmm. just like that all the time where I, I, I had to actually like shout them uh, at people. And yeah. uh, so, you know, there's probably I can imagine, some of yeah. that desperation going on. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Um, all right. Moving on. Um, the main storyline that's not the FBI bugging. Uh, the Sopranos is Pat Parisi is um, openly um, lamenting the fact that his brother was killed um, yeah. in front of he's being, the, he's being very Italian about it. I would he's, say uh, he is such a drama queen. Number one, <laughs> yeah. he's doing it in front of the people that he definitely suspects uh, of killing his twin brother. Mm-hmm. Um and and he's right that it was uh, his twin brother was whacked by the Soprano family, um, and he is being a super drama queen. So it starts out yeah. where he's 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 celebrating his birthday, but he's sad because it's also his twin brother's birthday, and he's explaining you know like w- he doesn't even know why he was killed. He was never like a he he was never a heavy guy mm-hmm. you know in the mafia and whatnot. And um, I have a clip. Um, of something that I just I love that they do on The Sopranos is like, uh, like Patsy gets so dramatic that he <laughs> low key implies that he wants to kill himself. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, they they're such good guys about it. They talk they try to talk him out the, of it. Don't it happen that identical twins a lot of times they'll die within a couple of days of each other? That would have been okay with me. Believe me. God forbid. God forbid. I mean, you got to oh, love. Hey, come on. Oh, come on. Oh, what are you doing? You talking about de- you want to die? Listen, we we kill people who don't want to die. <laughs> but we, if you want to die, we, we have some concerns. It is such a strange. <laughs> yeah. It's such a strange reaction. Hey, you got to so, get to like, a shrink or something. Over yeah, here. you got to talk to some. Talk to a counselor about that, because that, over here. The only people who die are people who are screaming for their mother. <laughs> like it's it's so detached from the reality of the life that they lead that they would be like, oh man, suicide. Because you know, every time they talk about suicide, the sad thing about it is always that it's a sin. Yeah, yeah. That that to me is my favorite thing. They're just like, oh, suicide. Oh, that's a sin. And you can't do it because it's a sin. <laughs> like murder is not a sin. Jesus doesn't like it when you kill yourself. Jesus only likes it when you kill people who are pissing in their pants right before they die. (laughs) Jesus hates when you commit suicide rather than being killed on the streets like a dog. (laughs) Uh, Anyways. Yeah, uh, I think that's we've talked about this before, but like the entire like the entire uh, dramatic tension of 
the gangsters and the Sopranos is that they're trying to be like these gangsters from like the 40s and 50s that they've seen yeah. in pop culture and maybe they've yes. had some experience with in their lives. But then, you know, at the same time, uh, they're living in the modern world. They got a, a dipshit kid who's listening to Pantera and uh, uh-huh. and they're trying to be like sort of uh, self-actualized 90s males. Uh, but, you know, and that's the that's the tension. But they have to keep up this appearance like... Uh, that mm-hmm. they're that they're a mobster that they're a james cagney character and so anytime right. anyone punctures that veil they're like oh come on yeah we're a bunch of tough guys over here we <laughs> yeah. like to fuck and kill we don't think about death and the the absurdity of life the absurdity <laughs> of life uh and then yeah you know the christopher is great because Tony is very clearly uh, trying to get Patsy to shut the fuck up about his morbid bullshit. And Christopher's, oh, yeah. Christopher is very like, yes. And like, yeah, isn't it? Yes. Isn't it? There is. Don't twins have like a special connection. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like maybe, you know, if someone in this room killed, <laughs> like, just like, like and Tony's reaction is just to uh, clear his throat at him. It's, yeah. just, <clears throat> it's very, it's, it's very perfect. And it's I like need one my of the, ghoul over here. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the scenes in this um episode that is that feels I don't know, it's it's the only one that doesn't feel this like weird kind of disjointed thing cuz I would say the, uh, the majority of this episode is very strange. It's yeah. like it's clear they're doing something different. You know, they're doing this like meta, like it's the FBI watching the Sopranos thing, right? And but it's not just that because there's also the transitions are strange. The music, think- like you said, it's it's too on the nose, and then also, um, it's the way the music is utilized is is uh, you know, there's I think in the opening scene. Um, it's just suddenly cuts off between scenes, which is not, I mean, they've done it, yeah. but it's, it's like the, it's like the, the harbinger of something like, oh, this is going to be a weird episode. It's going to be weirdly yeah. directed. And then there's a lot of scene transitions that just are like fade, you know, fade to black, fade back to the scene. And it's like, there's no music and I don't know. It just felt disjointed. I think, and this is the one scene that I was like, this is why I love the surprise. Right. Yeah, uh, it's a great scene. I think the, um, it, I, I think knowing that this is a two-parter makes a lot of sense because it's mm. like a lot of stuff is happening in this episode. But normally, in a normal Sopranos episode, there would be like a button, like it would come to a head more at the yeah. end, like it would kind of. And this one, it kind of like it kind of ends in the middle of Act Two, uh, you know, in a way that other episodes don't. Right, but but I but like knowing that it's a two parter makes a lot of sense. You're like, okay, well now uh, it's obvious that this was not a full episode. Yeah, yeah, it's just it, it it is it's it's a strange one for sure. I mean, the fact that it's a two parter, I guess maybe could explain it. But uh, to be honest, I'm I'm still kind of confused as to how this episode was a two parter. Yeah. Maybe if I saw it again and was able to and and why why they did it in two parts it's like why would you split it to two 30 minutes was there something in between like why even did they play the theme song twice why did they do it (laughs) yeah um and then you know like the the, there's a good poly moment in there but it's also it somehow if it feels like a a solid poly moment but also like kind of try hardy uh really i I, to me it's a classic poly moment i don't think it's try hardy at all but it's a little i don't know it's stretched out we have a clip beautiful coke what the fuck you doing lunch is ready wash my hands 
You just washed your hands. Then I tied my shoes. So what? I can't stand touching fucking shoelaces. Never go to tie your shoes and you notice the end of your laces are wet? From what? Why would they be wet? I got no fucking idea. You go to public bathrooms? You stand at the urinal? Oh, fuck. Come on, will you? He's asking me. I'm telling him. And frankly, it's important. Even if the lace is dry, and even if you don't touch the body of the shoe, bacteria and virus migrate from the sole up. You see this on TV? I gotta watch TV to figure out the world. <laughs> Your average men's shit house is a fucking sewer. You look at ladies' johns, you could eat maple warm and ice cream from the toilets. Eh, there's exceptions. But a men's? <laughs> Piss all over the fucking floor. Urinals jammed with cigarettes and more ball cakes. And they can pour all the fucking ice they want down there, my friend. It does nothing to kill germs. Even if you keep your shoes tied and you're not dragging your laces through the oven. Oh, shut the fuck up. I mean, I feel like they could have ended it right after uh, uh, when he's. Uh, what the hell was he? What did, it, what did he say? Oh, oh, uh, I gotta, I gotta watch TV to understand the world. I feel yeah. like if you came out of it right there, boom. You don't really need the rest of the speech. But yeah, just, no, I, I agree with you. It, it, it definitely, to me, that is the button uh, yeah. of of the bit. And um, I, I but I, at the same time, I also did appreciate like the joke of he just keeps going until Sills <laughs> like, could you just shut the fuck up? <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, he really should shut the fuck up. Um, but to me, that's not at all tryhardy. Like to me, I mean, it's part of the dream of the mafia is that you can you can use crime to work less hard so that you can sit around and just complain about shit with all your buddies. yeah. Then I mean, that really is the Italian American dream is that you just uh, <laughs> you kind of sit around with your buds and complain about random shit all day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, that's I think that's everyone. I would uh, imagine that's everyone's dream. But, uh, I mean, you know, it's certainly my dream. It's a mm-hmm. podcast dream. Sure. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I think that because of the fact that we are so familiar with Polly, um, you know, for, with Polly's character and the kind of like the way he's written and whatnot, that looking back at that, it, 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 it feels it feels a little bit shoehorned, right? Like yeah. uh, there's well, like just, part of you. It feels like his character is so defined at this point that it's like a Kramer scene, you know, it's like, ah, oh, Kramer yeah. comes in and he's got a new thing this week. He's, yeah, uh, yeah, he's yeah. hitting golf balls into the ocean. It's yeah. Kinda, yeah. It's like, all right, well, this is Polly's thing this week, but, uh, you know, I still liked it. Yeah. And to me, it's got this, um, I, I don't know. I think it may have been the first time I heard this, uh, you know, shoelace theory, and um and it stuck with me ever since think, ever since i've been like uh, I, think, I will never touch my shoelaces without washing my hands after sure i think there was a seinfeld where uh jerry replaced his shoelaces because he they touched the ground in a men's bathroom so i think there was uh maybe I, the I, seinfeld I, episode was first i, think I could this, see that there was some foreshadowing culturally i think yeah Anyways, shoelace theory I thought was 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 good. It was like again this entire sequence in the episode to me is what I enjoy about the Sopranos. You know, a little bit of like mafia beef, a little bit of tension, and then also yep. a little bit of Polly just talking shit. Um, and uh, you know, and not to mention you know the kids' storylines are are all very good. Um, and yeah, I mean, to me, the oh uh, the, one thing the, I wanted to add. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, go ahead. I was just going to say, say to me the episode could have been um uh could have been less uh about the like 
they didn't have to make a whole episode about the FBI yeah. bugging them. Well, the FBI is very much like the least interesting characters in the show. They're all very oh, absolutely. Dull. They have not been fleshed out at all. Uh, my question was: so uh, Pat Patsy Parisi's got a twin brother. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't Jeannie Cusimano also have a twin sister who was played by the same actress? Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, how many fucking how many times are they going to use the identical twin uh, plot device in this show? Yeah, I mean, that's fair, but at the same time I feel like uh the Then again, you're a twin, so you're like you are I'm biased. I'm twin defensive. I'm defensive yeah. of twins. I think we're people too and that we deserve to, you know, my 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 only problem is that if you're going to use a twin um or have a twin storyline, you got to use an actual twin or else you're doing twin face. Yeah, that's true. And me, and, you know, yeah. being an, an only child, anytime I see like a, a heavy sibling storyline i'm like this is bullshit people aren't yeah. like this no one's yeah. that upset about their brother dying get out of here <laughs> no one's ever been sad get out of to, here yeah no one's ever been suicidal after their brother was killed by the mafia fuck off i mean it all culminates in that scene where patsy is looks like he's gonna kill tony but instead he just pisses in his pool yeah and which F- is a a fantastic scene. Yeah, great scene. You know, like they they built up to something good there. That was good. That, that's what a, I, that's yeah. a quintessential soprano scene, I think. What I loved about it in particular was again, Patsy is such a drama queen. It is just this very um operatic moment where mm-hmm. he like has the gun, he's right by the pool. Yeah. You, you, you know, the FBI is watching like, "Oh shit." You know, he's Parisi's about to fucking, you know, yeah. kill Tony, and then he takes the gun. And then he just kind of does this, like, Mamma mia, what yeah. is happening my, to me? Mi pistola, oh, mio pistola, no. This is what I become of my life since <laughs> my brother died. <laughs> like, yeah. like it, was, it was very operatic. And I, I mean, thought that me, was, like, yeah, beautiful. Like, in his head, he's doing a godfather. But yes. thankfully, yes. this isn't the godfather. Like, And that, that yeah. also... That entire thing feels very Italian where like you're trying to do this big dramatic thing. But uh, yeah. in reality, you're like, ah, I don't really want to do that. I'm just going to piss in his pool instead. Yeah. And so then he just pisses in his pool. What I also love is when he when he points the gun you know, away and then starts doing the Mamma Mia thing. Immediately, the FBI goes, he's drunk, which I <laughs> like when I first watched it, I remember thinking to myself like, I, I wasn't thinking that he was drunk. I was thinking that he was just, but if they saw it and they're like, oh, I, I recognize this. Yeah. This is drunk. Well, he was treating his gun like it was a dying baby or something. He yes, was like cradling exactly. it. Like, oh, no. A mio pistola. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was very, very funny. Um, And yeah, and it just ends with him pissing in the pool. And then Tony, um, you know, confronting him about basically just saying like, I, I need you to, explicitly tell me that you are over the fact that your brother died and just leave it alone and then he does and and then that's that's that storyline um yeah i mean just like we could go through like the motions of like the fbi storyline about the water heater and all that but the whole thing who fucking cares it's just like it's just not interesting um it's it's poorly put together um and it's not really compelling and it's a spine for like some of the other it's it's a spine for the other interesting storylines but they really kind of i don't think they needed to belabor it so much 
Yeah, I agree. And um, and also, um, so let's get into um, most favorite, least favorite. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, I uh, first I'm going to start with my least favorite. And my least favorite is when the FBI guy, um, Agent uh, whatever the fuck, um, <laughs> yeah. what what is his name? Ike, uh, Agent uh, Harris. Yeah, Ike Harris. Uh, I don't know. The guy called him Mike. Maybe his name, his name is Agent Harris. Um, shows up to uh like the head head FBI guys thing and randomly says the pun in the name of the episode. What's up, Mike? What happened at the Soprano House was the water heater blew. A unit saw Ruggiero come back with a flatbed and haul the old one out. Ruggiero, plumber. Why? My sister used to live up near there. She was friends with Mrs. Ruggiero. Yeah, it's Mr. Ruggiero's neighborhood. Anyway, we have to get this thing in there. I mean, what's the pun that it's like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, but it's Italian? Yeah, Mr. Ruggiero. It's great. Good job, guy. Like, they really were like doing like a fucking got milk uh, cutesy level. It was, it was, it's just too much. And also, like, so. Um, and I know this only from watching some new Netflix series about the mafia, but Ruggiero specifically is a reference to Angelo Ruggiero, who um, he had his house bugged by the FBI, like oh. in the same way okay, where they yeah. did like a, a sneak and peek and they like bugged his phone and shit like that. Uh, pretended to be like the phone company or like the cable company or some shit. And then he accidentally brought down the uh, the the mafia. Um so it's like they're doing a reference. They're yeah. doing this like, oh, this little like wink to mafia nerds by naming the plumber character Ruggiero and naming the episode Mr. Ruggiero's Neighborhood. But like the titular, the titular moment in anything always makes me cringe. Like yeah. you don't have to say the fucking title of the goddamn movie or TV show or it's just like to me, it's like who's why, you know, like. It was just is strange and and uh, well, it's just like there, like this whole episode is a lot of. Uh, did you guys see what we're doing here? Did you see what we did? Yeah, there? it really is. It's just like the, yeah. this. There's more handholding, I think, in this episode than there ever has been on The Sopranos, <laughs> yeah. where they they really want you to get the art. And like, as someone who just naturally knows about art, <laughs> because I got a good brain, you like like you, you love to get the art though. I love to get, but I already know the art because I'm good at sure. knowing to seeing art. So like, I don't like the like the the constant handholding of this episode. Um, that being said, uh, my favorite scene of the of the episode happens immediately uh, after that scene, um, in which uh, <laughs> in which Agent Harris uh, reveals the code name for uh for tony and i have a clip of that derbingle has left the building they fucking made me <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know why you I like that, that so much dear bingle like because they they keep coming up with code names like baby bing is, is on yeah. the move and then <laughs> when it comes to tony Dare Bingle is what they went with. And it's like this moment where it's like, it's very like, uh, you can tell it's self-aware and he's being self-serious and, and whatnot. And then just immediately being made 
by Tony. <laughs> yeah. Like, like completely like making the whole disguise and the code name useless. You, he, he might as well have said Tony Soprano is currently leaving and it would have been fine. <laughs> True. And so I, I thought that was, that was, uh, that was a good moment similar to the like dirty work, you know, a contrast scene. Um, yeah. but yeah. Uh, my favorite, we've already discussed it basically, but uh, favorite is uh, you know the introduction of Meadows' roommate because mm-hmm. as a former Columbia student, uh, you know, hit home. Also, yeah, just great in every way. Like she's very unique. Yeah, yeah, she's also every college roommate. Uh, just just a great character all around. Um, mm-hmm. And then least favorite is uh, just that fucking mashup. Like, don't the worst part yeah. was when there was like dueling dueling bad saxophones at the same time yeah. in the middle and it's like that was like the third time that they played that same mashup jesus christ guys like we we get it you made a mashup. they were very proud of it i yeah. listen i get it that's why every episode of the sopranos uh or uh every episode of pot yourself a gun i insist that you play all of the bumpers which is why you're about to play the bumpers to my favorite segment it's the 90s it's the 90s. Parents are supposed to discuss sex with their children. It's the 90s. It's, it's the 90s. 90s. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, in terms of 90s references, there's a few really good ones. Um, uh, the tennis coach um, leaves his job because, quote, Kitty got this dot-com job in San Diego. Uh-huh. Um Another another thing, uh, Tony says um, to I, I forget who he says it to uh, when they're about to have a discussion about some like secret mafia shit. He just goes, "Log off, that cookie shit makes me nervous." Yeah, which is mm, that is wonderful. And then finally, um, AJ, uh, one of his friends, when they s- skip school and uh, they're like hanging out in front of like a liquor store or some shit, uh, someone says, "Hey, AJ." Let me have a hit of your Snapple. And AJ says, don't backwash, which is... That whole thing, let me have a hit of your Snapple is just perfect. Yeah, let me have a hit of your Snapple, maybe the most 90s sentence ever. And then don't backwash? (laughs) Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. Like, you just, my God, that is, it's the perfect encapsulation of middle school 90s kids. Backwashing was a huge thing back in the day. Yeah. People don't understand, you know, before COVID... People used to share drinks, and it was very important that you didn't backwash. What is backwash? Well, that's when it's assumed <laughs> that some people take a swig of something, and then once once they're putting it back down, they spit just a little bit back in to the to the bottle, and that is just something that people ass- I guess assumed people did. I've never done that. I don't understand yeah, why it was an issue. I don't understand like, how you were supposed to control that if it was a thing. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, are you talking about microscopic? You know, like <laughs> yeah. like just the fact that my lips have touched this at all? Because, I mean, at that point, and then what, and so what you would do in order to remedy the, the backwash was you would do waterfalls. Now, waterfalls was a move where you poured the drink out of the bottle into your mouth, but you never actually touched the the lip of the bottle to your lips. Thus, a waterfall would appear mm. of Snapple 
and or Coca-Cola, Sprite, whatever you were drinking to not think about how your dad hasn't said he loved you in a few weeks. Look, but like if we had been if we'd been maintaining those kind of safety standards, would we even have COVID? Probably we wouldn't not. have COVID if people would just stop fucking backwashing. Yeah. See, that's a problem with today's America. People, they started backwashing and COVID happened. Too much backwash. Too much backwash. All right. I think um, our final segment, Gaba Vafangul. Um, I actually did find um, a new Stevie B that we haven't done before. But nice. in terms of the Italian-American uh, slang that we heard, uh, for, one, we heard brajol, which yeah. is broccoli. Is that broccoli? <laughs> What's brajol? No. Brajol is it's like a piece of uh, beef. It's like a it's basically a rollatini. You take a you take a piece of like relatively lean beef, you pound it out, you put some herbs in it, and then you wrap it into like a little roll, and then you like braise it in some uh, tomato sauce. Okay, but if you saw how brajol was spelled, you would yeah. think you would understand why I thought it was broccoli. Yeah, they should it's change be- the name of broccoli rob to brajol. Yeah, Brajol. Hey, this is yeah. Brajol and his best friend, Broccoli Rob. Um, <laughs> another was Stunad, which yeah. we've done on this show before. Broccoli uh, Rob is like a good like drag name like kind of thing. Oh, Broccoli Rob is I'm, a I'm Broccoli YouTube Rob. star who yeah. talks only about vegetables. <laughs> um, yeah, what's up? This is Broccoli Rob. Like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> Today we're talking about asparagus. <laughs> um but this was, I think, the first time, uh, I don't know if it was the first time that they've said it on The Sopranos, but it was the first time I heard it, um, where uh, someone says, my Goomba, Joey Flies, which, yeah. by the way, J- Joey Flies, great name. Just that Sec- sentence, my Goomba, Joey Flies, solid. My Goomba, Joey Flies, maybe the most Italian thing ever. Uh, so, Stevie B, let us know what a Goomba is. Hey. Hey, Zoldone, I'm Stevie B, and the Italian-American slang word of the day is Goomba. Goomba. One day after work, I'm walking down the avenue, and I see a new place, Louie's. I walk in. There's not many people in there, but there's a nice guy behind the bar, Louie. I find out after talking to him and having a drink, he owns a joint. Now, me and Louie, we're Goombas. Medigan. He's really got some wind interference this time. I like that yeah, Stevie's he's 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 adding degrees of difficulty every day. Yeah, this is new. This is new Stevie B or old Stevie. I mean, maybe this is before he you know kind of got a little bit better with the audio stuff. But yeah, he's like by he's by a lake or something. So there's some yeah. wind going on. One day after work, I decided to take a little walk down the boulevard. There's a new place there, Lewis's Tavern. I walk in. There aren't many customers. There's a man behind the bar, Lewis, who I find is the proprietor. I order my favorite Johnny Walker Blue and talk to Lewis for a long time. There's been many nights like that, and now Lewis and I are best of friends. Goomba! Great job, Stevie B. God fucking love Stevie B. Takes us out on a high note every time. Every time. Every goddamn time. So yeah, that's... uh. That's the episode. Yeah. Um, the, we at first, I just want to I want to thank everyone who has been yelling at us on Twitter for three months now, telling us to get our butts back in gear to make more episodes of this show. Um, you know, really appreciate it. Um, we've been yelled at so much that I I look back to see when the last time 
we did an episode of this was and saw it was in May. And I, I feel confident in saying, like, uh, it's not been that long, guys. Yeah. Come on. Relax. Like, yeah. you know. We took a we half a other... summer off. Yeah. I mean, come on. Just, uh. Anyways, yeah. but we're, we're happy to be back. We're happy that you're happy. Um, please tell all your friends about the show. You know, tell them. Just be like, hey, there's this great show. It's about The Sopranos. If you like The Sopranos, you'll love it. And even if you don't, you'll still love it. Yeah, so just yourself. tell your friends about it. Yeah. And make sure to give us uh, five stars on uh, iTunes and leave a review. Um, Frogcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, concerns. You know, let us know uh, if we miss anything in this episode or just want to talk about Sopranos in general. Patreon.com slash Frogcast. That's where you get me and Vince. Uh, We do bonus episodes of a show where we just talk about whatever. If you like us talking about Sopranos, you'll love us talking about like Bill and Ted's third movie or whatever so we we, we <laughs> you, you, it's, it's exactly like this one but it's a little bit more swearing um vince what's the google voice number 415-275-0030 all right everyone thanks so much for listening and until next time don't stop believing When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.